What's up, guys? What's up, guys? And welcome to the first episode of The Wave Show. Um, this is something that I've wanted to do for a while and something that I was doing um, on and off the last couple of years, but I think this is like a perfect time for me to reintroduce myself and kind of give back the best way that I know how, and that's giving free information that's giving like tips how I do how I do this shit so <laughs> I'm also recording this this is a simulcast I've never done this I'm recording this right now and I'm live at the same time so I'll be looking at the camera but I'm still talking to y'all all right so uh, the first episode, I just want to introduce myself real quick. My name is Dami Menez. I'm the owner of Dami Wear, an anime streetwear band, uh, band, brand, and I am the creator of Ten Pins Manga, Ten Pins Manga and Soul Search Manga. So, I wanted to just get that out the way. It's not really about me, it's about you guys and what I can offer you guys, so... Uh, today's topic, first topic I actually want to talk about is how I make money as an artist. And I can apply these things to, you know, any business, any type of, you know, product or service. It could be applied to the same thing. I have a master's degree in business. I went to art school. This isn't like my first time running a business and I've helped a lot of businesses over the last decade kind of build um, products and work on a lot of projects. So how to make money as an artist. <sighs> All right, so how to make money as an artist. You wanna really think about um, your service. You wanna think about your product or your service or what you can offer to people um, I know there's a lot of like crafters in my community. A lot of people uh, make their own cosplays. They make props. Uh, there's people that draw. There's people that animate. There's people that make music. There's other businesses like mine that make merchandise. So kind of knowing where you fit into your community and making sure you're a part of something bigger than yourself. That's the first step. Make sure you're a part of something bigger than yourself, finding your community, finding where you can get reliable resources, um, especially if you're somebody that makes things from scratch or you offer a service. Those two, like, those two right there, services and, and complete, like, handmade crafts, you're going to need the community to kind of work with. So... I'm going to go over personally how I made money starting out and the things that I did and things that helped me kind of build up what I have today. Um, I'll say the very first, uh, the very first instance where I was um, able to make some money off of my, my work. I was drawing on t-shirts for myself like I didn't have a lot of money in high school and I was drawing on my jeans I would draw on t-shirts and kids would ask me like yo where I got the shirt from 
or whatever. And that's when I realized like I had a service, like there wasn't anyone doing this anywhere near us. Uh, I was in a very small town. There wasn't anybody offering a service like that. And I think I was like 14 and I knew I can make a little bit of money. Like I was too young to get a part-time job. I was too young to like really get any type of money, but I, I needed money so I could get the clothes for school. So I started just drawing on shirts at first, started drawing on jeans. And what ended up happening is, I believe this was the first time that I took a sketchbook and was like pre-designing things. So I'd have like a bunch of templates and layouts of shirts that all had designs on them and I numbered them and people would be able to just like go through my book and pick like a design they wanted and if they picked a design that I made over like a popular character I would give them a discount that's something that I didn't even think was uh you know I didn't think about it like in a marketing or a business sense I just thought like it would be cool to get my work out there and they'd save some money if they gave me the opportunity. It wasn't something that I was really thinking about. But um, yeah, drawing on shirts, drawing on jeans was the first instance I had of like making money uh, off of my artwork. And I took that idea and I was able to um, kind of grow it a little bit. I didn't do too many because I realized like how much work it was versus like how much money I was getting paid because I wasn't charging enough I was 14 I wasn't charging anywhere near enough money uh <laughs> but I was able to make some money doing doing artwork for the first time and kind of just putting yourself out there is the first step like there's a lot of people who don't even give themselves a chance to to make the money like you have to be willing to put yourself in a position where people kind of question what you're doing so for a lot of people that are talented I see a lot of people that are very talented that do not put their work out and this was before the internet so now we have social media we have Instagram Facebook TikTok, Twitter YouTube this was before honestly all of that and um, kids today, they have like such a huge advantage. You have like a computer in your hand, like a smartphone right now is almost better than an actual computer. You could edit video, you could edit photos, you could make content like nonstop. The cameras on the phones now are better than professional grade cameras. Like the camera that I use on my, on my iPhone, I have the, 13 Pro Max shoots like 4K. So there's opportunity right now, if you haven't started something, to really make like a big first impression. So make sure you're making a big first impression. You have the tools now, you have places to actually show your work and it doesn't have to be like you trying to find somebody. You can just get your uh, product Put it on your social media and somebody might see it and that starts opening the door for you to practice and get clients and try to 
kind of build your foundation around what you're doing. If you really want to change up, you know, your life, change what you're doing altogether, that's the first step. You want to make something and you want to put it out. That's it. That's it. That's the first step. It's very, it's very simple. It doesn't seem like it when people ask me like, oh, how did you get started? I just made a thing and I put it on the internet. That's exactly how I got started. I made something that I wanted to make and I put it online. And eventually people saw it and more people saw it and more people saw it and it became something where it was a business. There's like paperwork and stuff you have to file, but this isn't really the video for that. This isn't the the talk for that. This is the talk about what does it take to make money off your artwork. Now, there's plenty what I actually have a question is there is there a consistent way to get commissions my post goes my posts go nowhere it seems um so I worked I'll, I'll go ahead and skip ahead a little bit I worked as a freelance artist for about five or six years uh, like fresh out of fresh out of art school um, I worked as a freelance artist Honestly, if you're a freelance artist and you draw or you paint, you have to paint and draw for yourself. That's what pulls people in. Painting and drawing things that you like always come out better. They always come out better than client work. Um, the passion, the drive, the ambition is there when you want to do something for yourself. So making sure you're doing projects for yourself personal projects are the best things to like pull new eyes in and reach a new demographic and even portfolio pieces like great things to add to your resume for people to see like work you're capable of because often times like you're not going to have a client that's going to ask you for like you know go above and beyond for me do everything that you know how to do you kind of have to take that step and do it for yourself. So working on your own personal projects, uh, making sure you're posting daily. And there's a lot of people that talk about the algorithm and social media algorithms. I have been on the internet long enough to know algorithms do not care about anybody. They don't care about anybody. You just have to post. Don't wait for a perfect time to post. Don't wait for a perfect day to post. Just post. Post as much as you want. Post as little as you want. Just post. That's all it is. The more you post, the better your results. That's the secret. That's the secret that nobody is going to tell you. Post all your stuff. Um, The very, like silly posts that I post on TikTok are the ones that get the most views. So personal projects, posting consistently, um, just having fun, experimenting, those things will get you the commissions you're looking for. So um, 
another thing I wanted to talk about, like, I guess in the same realm as the freelance um, art stuff, when I was working as a freelance artist, uh, some of the things I used to do, I would do portraits, I would do caricatures, I would do logos, I would make posters, I would make stickers, flyers, um, keychains, pens, a lot of like um, tutorial videos as well, like drawing videos. So I can show you like a little bit of what um, I mean when I say like, when you're doing your freelance stuff, work on your personal projects and branch off on your project. So I have 10 pens right here. This is my manga. Um, I have a bunch of artwork that I show for this. I have a bunch of like promotional stuff that I show for the book that's not in the book. So you could, you can make a whole book and nobody ever have to see your work in here. If you're doing a lot of promotion, the promotion is what gets people to the book. So you make the product, say this is the main product, product A. Off of product A, you can do smaller products. We've got stickers here. These are very low cost. I think stickers are, I think I ordered like 200 stickers and these are maybe 20 cents each. I don't sell these, it's just another promotional item. Uh, but when I put a sticker with a book order to have something extra, and this is something that they're gonna post like right on their computer, right on like something that they carry with them all the time, right? So people are gonna see this all over the place. This 20 cent sticker is gonna be advertising for however long they have it for me. Um, you can go into posters. Paper goods are one of the best margins like for freelance creators. Paper goods do so well. You could sell them for a decent amount of money. The cost to get um, paper goods done is pretty cheap. If you already have the artwork or you're the artist, you can make posters very cheap I think how many did I get of these about 200 of these two I think I spent maybe two dollars a poster I could sell this this is like a high quality poster too I could sell this for about 10 that's five times the money that I spent per poster so something to think about posters stickers uh, keychains. <clears throat> keychains are also like a very low cost um, item to use and create. I ordered these, I want to say last year, <clears throat> and I made about 500 of these. At the 500 count price point, I think it was like 60 cents. Something like that. No, it was probably less than that. It was probably like 20 cents. Um, and you could sell the keychains for like five, six dollars. Like 10, almost 10 times your money. So kind of think about, think about like smaller things. It doesn't always have to be a big item. I know people want to go big. They want to do 
t-shirts and hats and jackets and I've always wanted to do a letterman or a shoe like it doesn't have to be the biggest um, piece of a product like you can start very small and build up into that like I started with just commissions digital commissions and then I moved to physical like paper commissions because I couldn't afford the markers or I couldn't afford the ink or I couldn't afford the paper to uh, just waste money on I'm gonna draw you know I'm gonna draw all over these like cards with my best markers and markers are like seven dollars each and <laughs> no one's gonna buy the card so you kind of have to know how to pace yourself a little bit and give yourself that time to build like on your foundation like what is my best you know route right now for making money on my artwork and a lot of the times it's going to be the small the really small things that you think are like uh it's small like i'm gonna make like ten dollars for the day or whatever but there's people who don't don't make any money at all so you making ten dollars in that day off of something that you made is already a step in the right direction. Do physical prints and paintings sell more than digital art? Yes. Physical stuff will always sell for more than digital artwork. Um, it's just the way the world works. It's the way that the process that goes into making something physical is a lot more difficult and takes a lot more skill I'm not going to say a lot more skill. It takes a lot more technique than a digital product. I have digital artwork that I sell and I sell it for very low because I can sell a million of those. But if somebody commissions me for a physical piece, I have to sit here and make it perfect by hand. There is no undo button. There's no like going back. I could mess up the canvas i could stain it like there's too many variables of me messing up and there's no way to undo it so i have to be perfect which makes it a more valuable piece of work especially if you're painting i paint i painted a huge um nipsey hustle painting when he passed away and i did digital stuff uh, of Nipsey Hussle like around that time and like I said when when you want to get commissions you do personal projects I wanted to draw something for Nipsey Hussle I was in LA at the time and I drew that and I got commissioned to do like a very large uh, painting for somebody's office and I think I got paid around $900 to do the painting um, like acrylic paint like finished everything and it was huge it was probably like it was probably like five feet long it was it was huge and i had to be perfect like there's no messing up there's no messing up when you're painting like i'm i have to place his tattoos on his face like the perfect angle like the sketch out and everything it's a lot of pressure 
which is why there's not a lot of people who do physical work like that. Or if they do, it's very expensive because it is a lot of like planning and it takes a lot of time and you have to really like be on your shit if you're going to do something like that. But um, yeah, starting small. Starting small is definitely the biggest key to building it up as a business. Um, like I said, you can go to a job right now and they'll say, here's what you're going to make an hour. Say you make $7 an hour minimum wage, like seven, what, 50? You can make seven fifty an hour for eight hours a day for five days a week. I don't know how much money that is off the top of my head. What is that? Eight times. Eight times eight, like 64 times five. What is that? Like three, four hundred dollars a week. Something like that. Can't really tell. Off, and, and then you got to worry about taxes. You have to worry about taxes when you're a freelance artist too. Anyway, you're going to make $7 an hour at a job and they're holding you at a job that you don't really like. Or you can try to put something out and make, you know, say you have commission and you want, you get commission to do a piece and it's $100. Say it only takes you an hour to do that. You just made $100 an hour. Like most people do not get the opportunity to do something like that. And I try to really tell people like when I'm talking to other artists, I try to tell them like you have to kind of think of the position that you're in and how blessed you are to receive commissions and receive, you know, support because there's jobs out here that are paying and you're not going to make anywhere near that amount of money at a job like it's it gets to a point where you can grow your business so big within a year that you can't you can't even physically leave your business to go work another job because they're not paying you enough they're not paying you more than you can make on your own and that's kind of the goal is to override you know, doing something you don't want to do, but now you have something that you want to do and it is more work, but you get paid more money. So thinking about it in those terms, I think a lot of people agree that you can just start slow, lay your foundation, whatever happens, you know, in between that time, you kind of have to adapt and grow with it, Uh, especially if you're a small business and you're making like something handmade, like if you're doing something handmade, it's probably taking 10 hours, 12 hours, half the time. And you start getting a lot of orders in. Now you're looking at 25 orders and each order is going to take you two days to complete. You have to be able to make sure you're pricing your commissions high enough for you to survive during that time because now you're spending two two hour two hours two days on one project how much money are you making an hour think about how many work hours you're putting in say you work on a project 
I'm saying two days. It's not the full two days. You're going to have two work days. So how long is your work day? Say your work day is five hours. So that's 10 hours total. How much money are you going to make in 10 hours? Like the 10 hours you spend on that, how much money are you profiting? You have to make sure you're including your supplies. You have to make sure you're including your actual time. And a lot of freelance artists do not do this, but include a little bit of money for your health, for your health benefits, for your health insurance. Because your health, if your health deteriorates, you're done. You can't get work. You can't do any work. You don't have anything after that. Everybody needs to be taking care of their health. Go to sleep. Go to sleep. <laughs> like exercise, eat, all those things are important. Somebody just asked me, how do you set up paying taxes as a freelance artist? When should you consider beginning the process? You pay your taxes uh, the way you pay your taxes when you're like by yourself. If you're a sole proprietor, it's the same thing as just paying your taxes. You just count that money that you made. Um, I'm not a tax expert. I just have experience because I've been in this business for a while. I filed an LLC. The LLC you pay, um, you could pay quarterly or you could pay um, like at the end of the year. Most people pay at the end of the year. I don't even do my own taxes anymore. I hired somebody to do them for me because it became so much of a pain. <laughs> somebody asked me, they said, I could easily work 12 hour days without tests because it's fun. How do you schedule your work days your or your rest days? Um, for me personally, I am a hypocrite. I do not rest as much as I need to rest, which is why I wanted to get on here and kind of hold myself accountable and also give the proper advice to people who might be listening or watching. You need to rest like it's a hundred percent important especially if you're a creative person to get enough sleep to eat to exercise and a lot of the times when you're a freelance artist like uh like jada just said if you're having too much fun it doesn't feel like work so you just continue to go you continue to do whatever you're doing not realizing like you're kind of putting yourself in harm's way by not taking a break you have to make sure you're taking breaks uh, for me right now i think i have a pretty smooth work schedule i'll wake up i'll stretch i'll get breakfast um i'll clean up a little bit and check check my messages so i'm still like kind of in the rest state and once i'm done checking my messages i start working i usually work for about two and a half to three hours when I first start the day. I take a lunch break for about an hour and a half. Uh, and then I do like a longer shift. I usually do like another three and a half to five hours. So that's about nine hours a day, maybe closer to 10 if I'm like super busy. But in between those times, I'm like taking breaks, 
I've, I'm watching TV, like I'm stretching and still working 10 hours throughout a day, which is more than I would work at a job that doesn't pay me enough per hour. But, you know, some people want the security. I understand, I understand job security is very hard to make money as an artist, which is why I wanted to put this podcast together to, just to kind of give you a realistic expectation. Um, I personally haven't had a full-time job since I was 16. I worked at Pizza Hut for like a year and a half. That was like the longest I've ever worked anywhere. I worked at Pizza Hut for a year and a half uh, when I was in high school. I quit to pursue music. <laughs> I quit to pursue music. Uh, and I did that for a few years. And I was making money like doing music. Yeah, this is a podcast, bro. Recording this live. Recording this live. Uh, I pursued music for a few years. And in between that time, I was in art school. So while I was in art school, I was learning all the other things that I needed like in the music industry, like how to get photography, cover photos, um, how to lay out text, how to make merch, things like that. I all I learned all that for music, but I applied it to other parts of what I wanted to do. I wanted to be a cartoonist, so I knew how to make my own merch. I knew how to draw. I knew how to convert files, all that stuff. But it's very scary to leave a job that pays you so well and has benefits and uh, takes care of you and respects. Like some people have are lucky and have jobs that like respect them <laughs> and care about what happens to them. And I know like not every job is horrible for people. Some people really like their job and it's very difficult to leave a job like that. I feel like it's probably even even harder to leave a job where they respect you and they care about you. So I, my advice for people who are in a job and want to make the switch, definitely prove your concept first. Like if you have a business, if you have a small business, prove your concept. Give yourself like a good year and a half to prove your concept. How much money can you make in a year and a half? Like, what are what are your steps looking like? Are you getting like a foundation laid? Are you organized? Like, is there a potential to grow? And do you have like, you know, next steps? Like, what are you going to do if all of a sudden nobody's buying your stuff anymore and you just quit your job? Like, are you going to be able to sustain that? Do you have like savings set up? For me, I didn't have anything. I just dove in. Uh, it was either this or nothing. It was either this or be homeless. And it's always it's always those two options. It's either this or be homeless. I don't have a backup plan. I don't have <laughs> I don't have an immense amount of savings. Uh, it's just this or nothing. And it's probably not the best. <laughs> probably not the best advice to give you guys but sometimes for people it's it means more you know to go all in 
And for me, my all in is really all in. Like this is what I have. Someone said, what are your five tips you would give someone as their first year as a freelancer? Say yes to everything. I don't care how stupid the idea sounds or the project sounds. Say yes to everything. That's one. Be kind to everybody you meet. That's two. Uh, Learn your worth. That's three. Um, Network. Build those connections. That's four. And five, practice. Practice every day. Practice all the time as much as you can. Those five things are going to benefit you so greatly in the future. There are people from when I first started um, my clothing line. My very first clothing line is Mimic Clothing. I started that in 2011. And um, there's people from those days of when I when I had this first clothing line that still support me today it's been 10 years I have people that have supported me for 10 full years because I was kind to them because I networked because I provided a great service and I practiced and people can see you grow people want to grow with you especially if you're an artist since you started your own publishing what do you look for in content that will make you have faith in a project? And what advice do you have for young creators? Um, on the publishing side, I did start NAMI Publishing when I created 10 pins, my manga right here. You can grab this at namiware.com. Commercial break. Go to namiware.com. Grab yourself a copy of 10 pins, the first ever bowling manga. We got black people in here. Anyway, uh, starting my publishing company, I really wanted to do it the right way. And I didn't want to give my stories to anybody. I didn't want anyone to have any say or any control in what I was doing with my stories. So that's another part of how you make money as an artist. If you are up, if you got a little bit of money, you got to invest in yourself. You have to put it back into what you're doing. That's the only way to break the cycle of, well, I'm stuck in this same spot doing the same thing. That's the only way to break the cycle and to move on to something else and to branch out. So when I was up, I was investing in my book. Um, Starting the publishing company really is just for me to make my books on my own and own it 100%. Um, I know a lot of the contracts out there for smaller publishing companies are not great. (laughs) And I would rather not be in those positions. But what do I look for in content? I'm not really looking for anything. I I don't want to own anybody's IP. I don't want to bring anybody on as far as like, I publish your book. This is really just for me to publish my books um, 100%. And this podcast, honestly, is a way for me to tell you to do it yourself. I don't want to own your book. I want you to be able to get every cent, every nickel, every dime out of your book. 
do I have any advice for young create content creators? Young content creators, y'all gotta uh, y'all gotta go crazy, man. Y'all gotta go crazy. What I started doing when I started really content creation, like doing is it mid and all the little series that I put together, I would set aside a day, just one day a week, where I would record for the whole day. So you'll see videos of me um, doing like my office uh, content, like when I'm talking about the show The Office, you'll see those videos. I have on the same outfit for like eight videos because I filmed them back to back. You just stack it up. So I have eight videos I did on that that day. Then I did a couple on, um, I did a couple is it mids like in there, like four of those. Then I did a couple like random videos. So you'll see video like 20, 25 videos of me wearing the exact same outfit because I shot all that content on the same day. And it might not all come out at the same time. I like to space all my stuff out. But uh, definitely like block out a day. That way you don't burn out. You're not like, oh, I have to come up with ideas every single day. Like, no, take the week to think. Write down in your notes like this is a good idea. This is a good idea. You'll have your list, and by the time it comes to your content shooting day, you just go through your list and and make the video. I'm saying vending at my first con next weekend. I was wondering if you had any tips. I'm kind of worried about being too overwhelmed or disappointed. No one buys anything. I will tell you, I have done many, many um, vending opportunities where people did not buy anything. I remember when I started Mimic, one of the first um, vending opportunities I had was a thing called First Fridays. A lot of small towns do this thing. It's like a farmer's market almost. I set up a table, put my shirts out there, and it was outside, and it was raining. So I got rained on my very first time trying to vend, and nobody, nobody came about anything. And it did discourage me a little bit. It's it's kind of like a tough situation to put yourself out there, like physically out there on the street with all your stuff. And people just look at you and walk by you. It sucks. But it didn't stop me completely from trying. Because every now and then you're going to have somebody that walks up to you and does give you that encouragement, even if they don't buy something. It gives you that encouragement that you're taking a positive step and you kind of just have to keep that in the back of your mind. Like, you know, there's people seeing me for the first time. Maybe the next time I come out here, that same person will, you know, buy something and not really focus on the buying or the selling, but focus on like your experience. Like, what are you learning? What are you gaining out of this? And, um, yeah another tip have bags have something for them to carry things in uh have stickers have business cards because they could take those go home and it's like oh i got this business card from so-and-so i remember them boom now you got an online order 
So don't don't count it as a total loss if nobody buys anything the first time. Should you say yes to jobs you feel are a little outside your skill set or just say yes to jobs you're completely confident in? I have done both. I took on a full animation project knowing damn well I ain't really know how to animate. I did that shit and I learned. Um, I was actually just talking with uh, my friend my friend Nick yesterday and we were talking about his book Exogenesis and I didn't know and I couldn't tell from the work that this was the first ever manga he's ever put together like sometimes you really just have to challenge yourself to create something like beyond yourself um especially especially if you're an artist and you want to grow definitely say yes to those challenging jobs um and especially if they're paying you if they're paying you hell yeah hell yeah i'm taking this job what do you mean you're paying me to to try some shit that i probably wouldn't try on my own yeah i'm gonna take the job so try to say yes don't say yes to like excruciating work or like if you find out you hate animation don't take animation jobs just stick to like what you like and at some point eventually you're going to be able to be picky you're going to say like oh i can take this job this job because i'm confident in those and i know i can knock it out those are the types of things that i wish people had told me or i wish i had like a mentor to tell me like you know it doesn't have to always be what the customer wants or what the client wants there's a rule there's a un i don't know where this rule came from but the rule is basically the client's always right in art and in freelance and in design that rule does not apply it doesn't apply the client is not always right especially in design um they can come to you with an idea it is your job as a designer as an artist to make the idea good it's your job as an artist to make the idea good because a lot of times they don't know what they want until you show them what they want so giving them examples giving them samples of things all that that's why they're paying exactly that's why they're paying you they're paying you for your expertise in design in layout in color in text in font in composition that's what they're paying for not can you just slap some stuff together that i thought of like i've taken a lot of jobs where it's been <laughs> it's been those people that are like, yeah, I want like I want a, a rap album like cover. I want me to run by a bunch of girls and Godzilla in the background with some planes coming through and I want a private jet behind me. I'm like, bro, you're not even thinking about like the scale. Like if I put you next to a private jet, you're gonna see you're either gonna be extremely small so i could fit the jet on there or you're gonna be <laughs> all the way in the front and just see like 
a piece of a plane. You're not going to be able to see Godzilla if I do that. You're not going to be able to see the city if I do that. So you have to really explain composition to people and give them like your best rendition of what they're asking for. So think about when you're when you're doing your personal projects too. Think about like how can I show I'm capable of doing anything? Like there should be no question. When people come to me, they're going to see my portfolio and they're like, "Oh, yeah, you could definitely do what I'm thinking." So push yourself. Push yourself outside that box of oh, I just do like character design, which isn't a bad thing. Like some people really like double down on one thing. Like I just do weapons. I just do props. And those people get jobs. But if you know how to do more, you have more opportunities. And that's just the way the world works. Like, yeah, I could do props and I could do character design and I can do background. So you go to a studio and they're letting go of the prop team, but they have an opening for a background designer. Now you could just slide in. Now you have now you have more job security. A lot of my artist friends that work at studios, they um, will go work on a project and that's it. They work on the project and then they go back to being freelance because those things aren't guaranteed. It's not a steady job for a lot of people unless you become like a director in a department you're probably replaceable as hell um <laughs> they'll they will replace you so fast so make sure when you're in those positions that you're making friends that you're networking that you're leaving a good impression with everybody around you because that's how you end up back in those situations I know this was about, this was supposed to be about how to make money as an artist. I think I really just turned that first idea into what it's like to be an artist in like tips. I think this is a good, um, like a good segment for somebody who's aspiring to be an artist and wants to really take it professional or if you're just looking to kind of start out and get some money I think that could help those people too I can't believe that I just did this live (laughs) but this is gonna be uh the first episode of the podcast I hope you guys enjoyed this I've literally never done anything like this before uh on this scale so this is really cool And I hope you like the Wave Show. If you want more of the Wave Show, I am thinking about taking some guests and uh, getting a list of topics that you guys want to hear about. So I'll be putting together like a little forum uh, once I finish this up. I want to try to get this on Spotify and um, a couple other places. But yeah, thank you guys so much for tuning in, especially the live audience over here. Uh, This is really dope, and I will see you next time on The Wave Show. Peace.